Hello, everyone. I'm Kellen Tester of Wrestling.com, joined by John Clark tonight to talk about WWE NXT. John, how you doing? I'm doing pretty good. It was a great show, even though, like I mentioned last week, seeing the spoilers beforehand and getting an idea of what was going to happen, uh, it, it, it takes a little bit of it away. But uh, obviously, with the interesting developments we got with Adam Cole and other NXT things in the past week, it was still interesting to watch. And of course, they an- announced some things for next week, which we'll get into. So all in all, it was pretty good. It was good. Love is in the air. Of course, we will talk all about that. We'll probably start with it because it was the main event. But I will say, to counter your point about spoilers, for me, I totally forgot all the spoilers, all the things that happened. So needless to say, I was able to enjoy it much more than last week. I was able to kind of have a a clean slate. So I know that that helped me enjoy wrestling. So that was very nice. Uh, Before we talk about the show, I just want to remind you all that this show, like everything uh, that we do here at Zone, is available on any number of streaming platforms, whether it's SoundCloud, Spotify, YouTube, Apple Podcasts, whatever it may be, we've got you covered. So, John, let's get right into it. Nesha Kerr is saying index with three black hearts. Um, I know this is something we've talked about uh, for quite a while now, and we, we had viewed this match as a potential blow-off or culmination, and I don't know if it was either of those things. This feels like a major shift in the story, but I think we are definitely uh, continuing with it here. John, you had said, we were talking about it before that we went on the air, that, you know, you had kind of thought, based on the spoilers, you remembered uh, Gargano winning, but or sorry, Loomis winning. And, yes. you know, and then kind of from there, getting the girl, Indy, Indy Hartwell in this case. Uh, but this, this was a love her or lose her match. If Dexter won, he'd get the chance to be with be with Indy, love Indy. Uh, if he lost, he'd have to leave her alone. And I should say, if Dexter won, the, the wording was that, uh, Johnny and Candice would have to quote unquote give him a chance. Now you and I talked about that last week, where maybe he joined the way, or they would do something like that. Um, but instead, you know, Johnny Gargano won the match, and for a split second, my heart kind of sank. I was like, "Oh, we're like, are we just gonna not get this?" And then the uh, Indy walked out with with uh, Johnny and Candice, and then the shot of Dexter being heartbroken in the ring, and. Indy ran to the ring and just smothered it, smothered him with kisses. Um, finally, the moment we all, we all, we've all been waiting for months in the making. But that obviously leaves the question of what's what's next? Where do we go from here? Because Dexter lost the match, but now he's still got the girl anyway. So uh, we're getting one comment saying a possible mixed tag team match for the takeover. Um, or John, you, I think uh, you had briefly mentioned maybe, uh, you know, uh, indie turning on the way uh, what where is this really going from here and your thoughts about this this uh, development here uh so i think that's an interesting proposition from steven saying that we could get a possible mixed tag match that would be interesting and i think if that were to happen it would go hand in hand with what i've mentioned to you before about indie possibly turning on the way that would be kind of like a, a two two for one type thing where she would turn on the way then there would be a mixed tag match I very well could see it going that way uh, because, look, unfortunately, Johnny did win. And the deal was that if Johnny won, Indy could not pursue that this romantic interest. And I can't believe we're talking about this on a professional wrestling show because this is like, I feel like we're talking about like Bold and the Beautiful right now. We're reviewing a soap <laughs> opera or something. But nevertheless, um, I do think that if she does want to keep pursuing this, it will have to lead to her leaving the way and uh with obviously going back live back to usa next tuesday uh, i assume we'll get some uh, developments made i mean we only have i think two it's two more nxts until 
the takeover. So they don't really have much time to do anything here. Uh, I think so far we only have three or four matches for takeover. So we're clearly getting at least one or two more matches. And I think this could possibly be one of them. As far as the match itself, it was pretty good. Back and forth. Of course, you get Indy involved and Candice involved. Ultimately, you could say that Indy was the reason Dexter lost. Uh, Johnny won. Then he kind of just kind of walked out with Candice. It appeared Indy was going to go with him. By the last second, she turns around and sprints to the ring. And, and the rest from there, you know, left Beth Phoenix very happy. Left you very happy. It left many people very happy. It left me happy because, look, I think it might be over finally. So maybe it's finally over. Uh, and, and I, I, well, this whole pursuing a love interest thing is over. It's very clear there they are a thing now. Right. How long they will clear. be? How long they will be remains a thing. Maybe they pull a swerve and like she like turns on him again next week. I can at least hope for that. I know you clearly don't, but maybe next Not week it's like a big ploy. She went to the ring, and then next week they all attack him, and that's the end of it. Uh, but that would break my heart, John. No, Nasha Kirsch says, "Oh, John, just be happy for them." I will not. I will not. Well, I will because I thought this was wonderful. It made me happy. Uh, the, the the fans were into it. They were chanting index. It was a fun end of the show. This is one of those things where the the show ended and. And, and I'll say, and keep in mind, these fans for this match had already been sitting through about four hours of NXT tapings. This was the last match of both tapings, so the fans were kind of burned out for the night. And I can... Steven Chambers can back me up on this, and so can James if he's here also. I don't make very many guarantees, but when I do make a guarantee, it's usually accurate. I guarantee they will not be together forever they won't be nothing lasts forever in wwe not chris jericho and kevin owens not Sami Zayn and kevin owens nobody nobody well now now i'm sad because like you know, you're you're right all stories end right every you know every few unless every... this turns into like a triple h stephanie mcmahon and they go out and get married <laughs> or something but no, I, I don't see that happening. So no, you're you're probably in, you know completely right. It's someday uh, this will come to an end. But John, darn, I'm gonna enjoy it here and now. This is a fun end of the show. This for me, uh, one of the, just a classic example of you know, I'm, I'm left wanting to see what happens next. They're they're at this not even fork in the road. There are a couple of possibilities where they could proceed. You mentioned uh, Indy turning on Dexter, or the uh, we've got a couple comments about the mixed tag team match. Um, who even knows? I think there are a couple options here. So, you know, I'm, I'm excited about it. I like it. I think it's fun. People are in the comments are enjoying it as well. I mean, friends show everybody in Fierro's NXT was great when she was there instead of Raw. Um, so I thought, I thought this was fun. It was like fun storytelling with the match, fun, uh, fun to kind of look forward and see what's gonna happen next. You could, and then who even knows, right? You mentioned the wedding. Maybe we'll maybe we'll get an, an NXT wedding. <laughs> oh boy. Who, who oh, knows? I, I say, oh boy, because I can completely see something like this happening. I just can't. But something tells me that Triple H just isn't that kind of guy that would do something like that. But who knows? I just know that when this does end, it will end with somebody turning on somebody or or like we thought it did a couple weeks ago, just kind of abruptly yes, Peter Yeah. Go away. But I mean, you're right. Nesh Curse pointing out uh, two wrestling race trips don't last. You know, 
end of the day, it's a story, and that's it's pro wrestling, pal. So you can you can name any number of wrestling couples. Uh, Nesha Chris saying Randy Savage and you know Miss Elizabeth. Any number of other examples. They all come to an end, at, you know, in some way, shape, or form. So you know, someday it will it will probably all come to an end. But at the very least, I'm going to enjoy it for now. Uh, something else that. Uh, maybe maybe I enjoyed a little more than usual. The complete opposite of the beginning of the show. Hit Row versus Legado Del Fantasma. They were in action in a tag team match. Now I'll admit, you know, I, I was listening to an interview with uh, Isaiah Swerve Scott before the show here. And just, you know, hearing him talk about Hit Row gave me a little more insight into it. Into like a little more about just the mentality behind it. The, the you know, the goal behind it. Uh I don't know. It made me more open to it, I guess. A little more, just it's something translated more more than what we've been seeing on TV. Um, and then it kind of even is having again this more standard uh, tag team match here, not not a, a cipher session or or raps or whatever. Like that hasn't really do, that hasn't really done it for me. Just a tag team match, you know, good old stable warfare here, Legato and and Hit Row. Uh, this was uh, pretty clearly positioned. Uh, hit row as as the faces here so and with the crowd gotta say john you just mentioned the crowd was burnt out so it, even that being said the crowd was chanting for hit row craig backman saying hit row several exclamation points so people like hit row and and you know this is one of those segments where i think both teams look good in the match and both teams like you know kind of stood tall at the same time where uh escobar hit um i think top dollar with a chair and then then uh, hit row beat them down and then uh or as a Legato beat them down the hit road, gained upper hand. So nobody really like stood tall on their own. Like it was more literally like kind of a 50-50 booking in, in a segment. Um, but it's it's good, that's good stable warfare. I'm, I'm into it. I think we're on the road for the very probably that's why I would say Escobar versus uh Swerve Scott a takeover, but I'm enjoying this kind of clash. I mean, you got two really distinct uh personalities here, I'm enjoying that. I think it's pretty fun. Um you know, I guess I'm slowly coming around on Hit Row in general. Uh, I I've, I continue to enjoy Legato, but I, I I just again I say it every week. It's one of those storylines where I'm not like loving it, but I'm enjoying it, even though I am not fully on board at the same time. It's a weird like mixture of feelings, I guess. What do you what do you think about this match, John, and the continuing uh, you know saga <laughs> of Hit Row? I'll say. I, I'm not necessarily confused about what they're doing anymore just because I've pretty much given up all hope trying to figure out why people are so into this. I've just understood they are now and that's how it's going to be. And uh, maybe I'll be persuaded somehow like I was with the whole riddle thing, but I feel like I came around on the riddle thing a lot quicker than this hit row thing. It's been well over a month now uh, and they were way over before even they were really on TV a whole lot. And now it's kind of like they're doing their thing, which now it's it's nothing is a surprise anymore with what they do because I expect pretty much anything is nothing is off limits for these guys, and that's fine. It's whatever. Um, people are going to enjoy this, of course, just because that's that's the way it is with everything. Uh, I, I don't. I'm not saying that I don't enjoy it. I'm just saying I don't enjoy it. It's a neutral part of the show that I just watch, and I don't really have a huge reaction to. I'm not going as far to say this is like where I would take a bathroom break. I'm just going as far to say like this is where like I'm just kind of watching and letting it unfold to see where it goes. I have nothing negative to say. I know some people were interested to hear my thoughts on this because they thought I was going to go on a rant and say what the hell's going on. Um, but it's more of just like 
I am trying to understand more what this is. I'm not really getting to that point. I, I would agree as far as like seeing them go back and forth. It's a good kind of rivalry that we're seeing where it's just more the one-on-one, but at the same time, it is one-on-one. It's probably what we are going to get. Uh, Laura Rock says Hit Row uh, puts her to sleep. So I, I wouldn't say they put me to sleep. I would say that I, I, I'm just I'm, – I'm focusing on trying to understand what's going on. We are probably getting a one-on-one match. Uh, I, with, with Isaiah sort of scarred in the way that this has been going, I don't see him losing. But at the same time, I, I look ahead more in the future – and try to figure out maybe, well, where is this going in the long term or what's going on next? I mean, even Stephen Chambers says, you know, he's just not into hit row. And that's kind of like where I, I'm, I'm – Stephen, I'm right with you. I just – I'm not into it. Herman also not liking hit row. Like, the people that like hit row are not here. And we need those people to be here so we can understand why they are enjoying it. But – I, I don't know. It's just, it's not doing it for me right now, but I'm not saying it, it can in the future. Yeah. You know, um, I, yeah, I guess I've kind of more come around where it's like, I'm more neutral now. I, I, yeah, I'm not, I'm not going to rent here either. It's something that I'm not, uh, you know, fully enjoying, but no, I'm definitely not uh, as negative on it as I was, you know, I, uh, Chris thinks she's torn. Yeah. I mean, I, like I said, I listened to that interview and I, uh, with, with sort of Scott and I was able to really appreciate more of kind of the, like the mentality behind the group, but was what we're seeing on, on the show, uh, not really working for me as much, but, uh, Nuss Curtis actually enjoys him in the ring. The promos aren't really working though. Um, eh, maybe I would, I think I would probably agree with that. So I think we're definitely going, or it seems like we're heading toward Swerve Scott versus Escobar. I think that'll be a very good match. One that I would expect Swerve just got to win at this point. Uh, at the same time, in some ways, like I really do think Escobar, I've said it months ago. I think he like he's got all the makers of a top star. Um, so if they kind of want to make him, I guess he wouldn't be a Grand Slam champion yet. But if they want to give him the the North American title, can I have him? Not not like not like a belt collector, but you know, by winning each belt, like kind of moving through the ranks there and doing that, I think that'd be something to look out for. But like at the same time, Sir Scott definitely in a groove here. So. Uh, now we're kind of in, in a situation where like now the guy can really afford to lose because they are both. Uh, you know, both both in a prominent spot, and you want to see them both thrive and, and climb up the ladder, though. Um, so I, again, I'm I'm invested. I think it'll be a great match. I'm looking forward to seeing how it goes. Uh, so th- speaking of things, I want to see how it goes. Uh, last week we saw Dakota Kai betray Vikal Gonzalez, and we got some explanation about that with a a beautiful video package and promo from Dakota Kai, basically saying that. Uh, without her, Raquel Gonzalez wouldn't be anything, and you know she kind of made Raquel do. Dolph Ziggler 2.0. Yes, that, that it should have been her. <laughs> should have been her. Uh, granted, yes, there there was that you know under layer to it, but at the same time, uh, I thought she she delivered it very well, and it was a little more a little more complex than that. Where uh, there was that kind of maybe at the beginning of it, where um, uh, I should say the beginning was more that she that she made Raquel what she is, and then it turned into. It should have been her because she referenced back at Takeover. Uh, I had to take over. Uh, what was that? Sand Deliver. Eostrai uh, chose to face Raquel rather than uh, rather than her, right? So then, literally, it should have been her in that sense. Uh, and she was saying that Raquel didn't even acknowledge that Dakota may have wanted that title shot, uh, and she was kind of oblivious to that. And you know, kind of fittingly pointed out last week, uh, Raquel said, "There's nobody else for me to beat," and she turned it back on Dakota and kind of, you know, left herself prone to that. She literally just was so, as Dakota had said, so blind in her uh, continuing success that she just didn't even see 
perhaps her biggest threat literally right next to her. So uh, this is a very good promo or slash video package tying in the history, telling the story uh, literally just one week. Now this like this is the you know, this is the story for, for, for takeover. Like this is the kind of stuff you don't really see on the main roster. Like they, they either beat you with a, over the hell with it for weeks on end, or you have to, they leave you to connect the dots. It's not a lot of in between this last week, betrayal this week, one promo, lays out the story. And now next week, you, you, John, you mentioned earlier, maybe two weeks till the pay-per-view. And then, you know, maybe we'll get a, I don't know, a brawl or maybe, uh, next week, Raquel will break her silence. We'll see what she has to say. So simple. Uh, effective storytelling here. I like it. I thought this was a great promo from D- Dakota. And maybe now, even more than last week, I- I'm even more on board with the possibility that Dakota could win. Again, maybe I'll say more than some of the people that Raquel has faced recently. Um, I think she stands, she, she was more of a threat than, than uh, some of those recent challenges. But, John, what do you think of the promo and just where we're standing here with the NXT Women's Championship program? Uh, I think it's probably pretty obvious that uh, you could assume that I thought this was a good idea because of how much the past couple of months I've been saying this needed to be the direction they went in the future and as to where they ended up going. Um, just in general, with what we're going to get here, uh, I kind of agree with Stephen Chambers. Raquel should retain. Don't see anybody beating her. Of course, I would agree with that. I think we're in an Oscar-like situation where maybe she'd have to forfeit the belt to move up or something of that nature. Uh, if they really wanted to solidify Dakota as a top superstar, of course, they could pull the trigger here. Uh, this is one of those feuds that I think will be similar to like an Adam Cole, Kyle O'Reilly type feud. I don't think this is going to be a one-and-done thing. This is probably going to span at least two takeovers. I would say this one and the next one, which... Uh, we can assume based on the schedule they've been following is probably war games. That's usually what comes in the early fall. So something could be said there with a, a war games type thing. And of course there has been drama with war games in the past with Dakota. Uh, so it could come full circle there. Uh, unfortunately with, um, the women's division on NXT being so, so big and so popular, this Dakota and Raquel thing, I don't think will get the necessary attention that maybe it should get because they have so many other women they need to focus attention to at the same time. So all in all, very good promo. I, I like promos like this where they discuss their history. Uh, uh, of course, a little grievance or grudge or whatever you want to say there about kind of the re- repetition about Dolph Ziggler. She literally did say the line, it should have been me. And I, I of course, instantly people were probably thought of Dolph Ziggler. And just the story itself kind of related to what Dolph had done a year ago. And I'm not saying that we haven't seen this before. This has been something we've seen a million times where somebody has has said that an opportunity was stolen from them, things of that nature, where they brought somebody into the business, things like that. I mean, we're used to this. And I don't really see a huge problem with it. Just the, the, the verbiage they're using could be a little different and unique. And... There's really not much else I have to say about it uh, other than the fact that this probably will be a very good match between these two. They're both very good. I think Dakota's vastly underrated in the ring. She's a very good performer. Uh, Injuries have kind of gotten her before where she hasn't really been able to reach that true potential that she could. And I definitely think she's on on the way to that path there. Uh, And while we're on the topic of the women's division... We might as well talk about a, a segment that we saw tonight between Io Shirai and Zoe Stark, oh uh, which was at uh, looked like a, some sort of Chinese restaurant where 
There was an Asian waitress talking to Io, Shira, Io Shirai in Japanese, ordering food. Uh, Zoe Stark just kind of basically trying to fit in and show Io Shirai that she wants to make it work. So she's going to do whatever it takes to make it work. Uh, so then they, they have dinner. Uh, Zoe Stark clearly doesn't like what's going on. So she's throwing the food on the ground. Uh, Io Shirai clearly also knows that Zoe isn't liking it, but understands at the same time that Zoe is acting like she does for the sake of the friendship. And then it ends with, this was the most, I guess, I don't want to say awkward, but confusing part to me where uh, Io Shirai hands Zoe Stark the bill, walks out, and then Zoe looks at the waitress and says, you know, do you know each other? And then she's like, no, we just speak the same language. And then magically, for some reason, she's like, oh, are you from Japan? And she's like, no, I'm from Kansas. And then that's how it ends. And I'm thinking to myself, first of all, what does that have anything to do with any of this? Like, how is that relevant to whatever was going on? Uh, and second of all, why, why isn't Zoe? Why is Zoe Stark in any kind of position where she needs to be showing her dedication and faith to Io Shirai as if she owes her something or whatever? Like, I understand Zoe was happy to get the opportunity to be a tag team champion, but now we're in this story where Zoe's like playing the role of trying to get on Io's good side and be friends. What what do you make of all of this? And, and I, I don't just go ahead, man. I mean, I like NXT so much more in some ways. I'll, I'll say obviously, but then Raw, uh, even some other some other shows. You know, maybe I maybe wouldn't make it above SmackDown, but you know, I think a lot of the time better storytelling, better. Um, Overall, it's kind of better management. You can just kind of, you can just kind of feel it, general vibe. Um, or maybe, maybe there's more goodwill, right? From in terms of raw, you know, there's more trust, more more faith that they'll uh, do thing, do right by the storylines, by the talent, whatever. Um, but this, this, this had kind of fingerprints of raw all over it. This is exactly the kind of thing you'd see on raw in like 1998. Like this is like attitude era, like you know comedy that has an age level stuff and it's 2021 and i I'm, i am not the the most equipped person to be talking about this but no yeah john you laid all you laid all out very very nicely where you know there's some i don't, don't want to overreact there's some like implications or or you know tones of like i don't say racism but like of course you know. and especially right now i mean i mean i mean we all oh. saw what happened on aew tonight with, yes. their, with their dark episode i mean they clearly took things too far and i am not by any means saying that nxt did something similar because i don't think that they definitely took it that that far i don't even think charlotte took it that far last night when she also was talking about simone biles but that's a whole different discussion for a different time the fact of the matter is they did mention uh these kind of racial undertones of you know two asians communicating and for some reason, Zoe is implying that, oh, well, they must both be from Japan. And that's just not how it works nowadays. No. But to me, to me, it was even, it was, I don't want to say it was worse, but to say that, no, I'm from Kansas, that's like, you're, you're implying that it's a very rare thing that, oh, what? You're from Kansas? Like, you know what I mean? You get that impression, like, that they're trying to make it very unique and very just different circumstances like and 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 what circumstance would they think that this is a normal thing because i mean everybody had the same reaction like wh who is first of all who's believing this like nobody's believing this anyway and they're just taking this to 
I don't want to say an unnecessary level, but it is kind of a necessary level. That part of the story did not add anything useful to this at all. So, uh, you know, Tony here saying uh, that they run a Japanese restaurant. Yeah. Uh, then, you know, he says that me and your opinions are spot on. Well, thank you for saying that. Sean Smith says we aren't in Kansas anymore. Uh, you know, sure. Uh, but yeah, just to kind of, you know, finish that off here. Um, let's, put, put, let's put this all behind us and talk about the future here. Uh, clearly, these two are, par- are probably going to get on the same page at some point. But the real question is, where do they go? Like, who's next in line for like a, a, a match here with these guys? Because we're they're not building to anything. They're just kind of working on their relationship, and we have no idea where this is going to lead to. I mean, I would agree. In the, in the short term, I think it's easier to see where some of these matches might come. You've got um, Casey Catanzaro and Caden Carter kind of, you know, looking a little more impressive lately, getting featured a little more lately. Uh, you've got the Robert Stone slash Frankie Monet uh, brand of Jessica May and not Aaliyah, but um, of, of Monet. She's filled it. So Aaliyah got kind of unofficially called up there. Um, and also we've been seeing some tea. We didn't see anything tonight, but we did see uh, in the past couple of weeks, we've seen uh, Gigi Dolan and JC Jane with Mandy Rose. So I mean, they're kind of being hinted at, at, at being a potential team. Um, so in terms of like, uh, you know, one-off matches or, or, you know, like kind of temporary feuds, that's something. Um, next week we'll see Ember Moon face Saray and Michael Kent saying they could become a team. I mean, at this point, we are kind of a, for the from the women's tag team division. Uh, you know, the women's division itself is great, but for the tag division, you are kind of at this place. You kind of gotta throw stuff at the wall and see what sticks. I kind of like that's how we got Io and Zoe Starks. Uh, Francis Fernando saying Io and Starks storyline feels like they ripped it off a cheesy '90s sitcom. Yeah, it feels very like out of place, especially for NXT. Um, you know, if, if this were on the main roster, even on Raw or SmackDown, I, I would say like. Okay, it's weird and like still not good at all, but like I'd, I'd be less off put by it in a way because like we come to kind of expect those kinds of things. Um, but no, for NXT, it is definitely odd in that sense. So I don't know what the long term plan with this is. We've talked about it for a while that definitely don't have enough teams uh, for you know to kind of have a healthy you know deep tag division in the women's uh, tag division in the women's uh, roster here in NXT, but. Um, I could see at least some matches in the short term. So at least there's that. You know, the, there have been times for the um for the women's tag division on, on the main roster that you can't you can't even get that far. You can't even be like, oh, I, I can't even name like three potential matches they can do. But at least here there are some some possibilities and then there are people they can kind of build up. And you know, we talked talked about that a little last week in terms of building up some new stars after you have Tony Storm, Under Moon Shotzi, or not under uh Shotzi and uh, Tika Noxley call up to the main roster. So It'll be interesting to see which ones get kind of really featured here and which ones maybe not so much. But some two people that were featured tonight were Cameron Grimes and LA Knight and by, by extension, Teddy Biasi. So backstage before they had a tag team match against Grizzly Young Veterans as a follow-up to the golf segment last week, uh, Grimes had to kind of shine Knight's shoes and kind of more the, the good old butler uh, dis- disrespect there. Uh, Grimes and Knight had a tag team match against Grizzly Young Veterans. Uh, Knight kind of abandoned Grimes, left him to to himself, and Grimes fought violently, but Girls and Young Veterans won. So I guess yeah, two uh, cats kind of made sense, right? Well, he lost, Grimes lost to a, to an established tag team, so that helps Girls and Young Veterans kind of get a win, potentially kind of climb the rankings there in the tag division. And for Grimes, kind of makes him even more frustrated with LA Knight. 
Grimes, disheartened after the match, uh, is comforted by Ted DiBiase, who comes to the ring and says, hey, this is after DiBiase gave, gave Grimes kind of a pep talk last week. And he said, hey, kid, you, like, you got to get out of this. This isn't good. I know you're a man of your word, but this isn't working. You know, you got to do something about this. Uh, so I feel, you know, we're talking about some other, other matches for TakeOver. In this case, it feels like they're very clearly kind of going toward, uh, I would I would think, or I'll, I'll at least hope it might, that it might be Grimes winning the title with DiBiase's help. Uh, that can be, I think, kind of a fun moment, especially as, as Johnny and I have talked about in recent weeks. If TakeOver is in front of fans, which we don't know yet, but I think that could be very much, uh, in terms of not just the, the Capital Wrestling Center, but um, regardless, I think that's a fun moment in the making. What do you think about this match with Grimes and Knight and with DiBiase's involvement here? Uh, I'm a little confused in a way that after the pep talk that was kind of had, Grimes still is kind of like just doing what he was doing before. I thought maybe when DiBiase was like, you know, you need to kind of, you know, stick up for yourself that maybe he would. He really hasn't at this point yet because, like he said, he's a man of his word, which I get that. Um, I thought maybe we'd get something to take over, but I'm starting to think that maybe this is going to last a little longer than that as far as their teaming up goes and things of that nature. Um, I mean, it works. It works for what they're doing. The million-dollar title is somewhat relevant again, more than it has been before. Uh, it's not being defended, but at the same time, it, it gives LA Knight that it, it's a character that fits him, and I, I think that's good for him. I'd like to see where he kind of takes this next. You know, Nesha says million-dollar man saves Grimes from LA Knight. I'm not sure we're going to see that. I'm not sure how often we're going to see DB Aussie on TV. Steven Chambers suggesting Knight versus Grimes uh, for takeover. Maybe million dollar bell on the line. Uh, I mean, that's a possibility. Although I don't think maybe that's what we're gonna have. But yeah, I mean, wh- how far do you think we go until these two have another match? Because we're, we're clearly gonna get that at some point. I mean, these guys have already been feuding since the last, but like up to the last takeover, and mm-hmm. that was in June. So, you know, I, I feel like takeover. You know. If they don't do this takeover, then unless they do it on a TV episode, then then they'd have to wait until probably I would guess October at the earliest. So, yeah. you know, I think they might be better off, you know, ending it at uh, a takeover and uh, the one coming coming right up here, you know, rather than kind of dragging this out too too much. I think that right now uh, the iron's kind of hot. You know, you got to be you bring Ted DiBiase in here. Um, and whether it's him uh, directly helping Grimes or kind of coaching him up here leading up to the match, I think that that might be uh, a fun direction to go and just kind of wrap it all up there pretty nicely. Um, so I don't know. I, I think that's how I'd prefer to see it because otherwise, you know, then you kind of have to wait too long and uh, then you lose some of, the, some of the shine there on the story. And I think they've been doing a good job with it, but then, you know, it takes a lot to really keep the fans invested in any kind of long story like that. And I'm not sure how much really, how much meat, is on the bone with the story as it's currently constructed. It does feel kind of somewhat simplistic in that sense where you had, you know, DiBiase betrayed by night. Now DiBiase might be helping Grimes. I'm not sure really sure where you go beyond that in terms of stretching it too much farther. So that'd be my prediction at this point. Um, I don't know. Uh, that's how I'd kind of prefer to see it here. Uh, a couple other things happened tonight, but we covered the big things. Spend, but I do want to we, talk about We have to talk about Adam Cole. I was just going to say. So okay. we do know that Adam Cole will be on the show next uh, next week. They announced that he was injured uh, due to Kyle O'Reilly's attack on him last week. I guess he had like herniated a disc or something. Um, but you know, to me, 
uh, I was surprised for a split second. They announced that he was hurt, and I kind of thought, well, is that we're just never going to see him again? Because, of course, the reports had be, uh, came out, what was that, Monday morning that Adam Cole is set to become a free agent at uh, SummerSlam weekend. So, uh, obviously, big, big story there. And now the big speculation uh, begins about what's next for Adam Cole. Is he staying in, in NXT? Not exactly a guy that you really think about going to the main roster. Um, the plenty of speculation I'll go to AEW, but uh, I I just don't know. You know, I um, obviously you know Britt Baker's girlfriend is in AEW. That's the very very easy connection to make. Uh, he has friends in AEW, of course. He's friends in WWE. You know, they, they got to point that out up, 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 down, down, and all the the YouTube channel there uh, with Woods and, and Cesaro and whatnot. So I, I, I don't know. I don't know um, if he if he stays or goes. There's no way to know what's going on inside his head. I. It's weird because uh, I think we talked about it a little last night, but he's a guy that's done it all on, on NXT, and I don't necessarily see him going to the main roster. Um, I did, but you've got to think that WWE will want to kind of make a play for him, but that was, they can't make him stay. So that's really, it's really up to call at the end of the day. I think he could do great things in either place. Um, I hate to say it. In some ways I feel like, well, I don't, I don't know. Cause now again, the, now we've reached this point where AW can, they can sign everybody if they want and that will, it will create a lot of buzz and that's fun. It's a great time for wrestling, but there are only so many spots. There's only so much TV time. So like, I wouldn't want to see him go to AW and then kind of get lost in the shuffle of this kind of potential influx of talent whether it's potentially sam punk daniel bryan whoever, whoever even else you know i don't know what do you think john oh man i don't have a good feeling about this and let me there's a few reasons why and when i say i don't have a good feeling about this i very 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 strongly want him to re-sign with wwe or nxt and when I say I don't have a good feeling about this, uh, I am like 10% confident that, that he's going to re-sign with WWE. And I'll explain why right now. Firstly, the fact that they basically let his contract expire without even knowing that it was expired is a red flag. Secondly, uh, which is a, a good thing for WWE at the very least, he agreed to a short-term extension until the SummerSlam. But here's the, the first red flag. He had a, a caveat in, in, the, in the contract that said that when he re-signed the short-term extension, there, there was not able to be any kind of 30-day or 90-day no-compete no clause. So right there is red flag because that means, you know, maybe he he's has an out. idea. Right, he's gotten out. Secondly, so. secondly, ironically, after the news breaks yesterday, or the day before, whatever, this morning, an article with an interview from Britt Baker releases where she specifically says that she would be happy if Adam Cole decided he wanted to stay in WWE. Now, who is feeding into that? I mean, come on. That is, to me, a clear setup that they're trying to, to fool people. Uh, and then third, which uh, was first reported from Fightful uh, Select earlier today, um, WWE, to this point, still has not offered him a long-term contract. Despite the news that had broke that he had rejected multiple offers, and it turned out those were false, they haven't even actually offered him a long-term extension yet. So, like, what are you waiting on, for one? And to, to kind of summarize this whole thing, whole thing up is, you mentioned that you don't see him going to Raw and SmackDown. It's very, very, very clear to me that Triple H is the one that's going to be doing the, the hard work here to keep him keep him there. 
And I just don't see Triple H doing the lobbying here to to make a case for Raw or SmackDown. I feel like Triple H, if he's doing so, it would be for NXT, and it would be main roster money like we've seen people get before. Uh, I'm, I'm trying to think of a few examples. I can't right now. I know I think Samoa Joe was getting main roster money to come back. But there was somebody else that I'd, that I'd signed for main roster money in the past year or two. I don't, I don't think it was Karrion Cross, but it was somebody, nevertheless. Uh, the latest conference call from WWE, they clearly, again, labeled NXT as a developmental brand which by default means they're not going to get paid nearly as much. They're kind of like rookies, as you as you, they like to call them. So to me, Adam Cole's girlfriend, his best friends, I mean, even more than Xavier Woods and, and Cesaro and stuff like that, um, the writing is on the wall for me where he has so many good connections and relationships in AEW. He's going to go there. He's not going to get lost in the mix. And, and it's a shame for WWE to have another loss on their plate. I tweeted this earlier yesterday that WWE is losing in every possible way the last couple of weeks. And to me, it's like, when is something finally going to go their way for once? When are they finally going to get a win? Whether and, and, and if they did re-sign Adam Cole, that is your big win right there. To get him to commit to a long-term deal with WWE would be absolutely huge for them. And it would have to come with a significant amount of money and creative promises to him for that to happen. So, yeah, I think uh, back to the, the what we were talking about with tonight's part of the show, uh, I do think next week they will announce – I do think we'll get a loser leaves NXT match between these two or something along the lines of that where the loser must quit or the loser must do this or whatever – and if we do get that kind of match, uh, I think Adam Cole is is done. He's going to lose. Uh, I think there is no way they can announce this match before they at least try to re-sign him. Because if they do re-sign him to a contract, you can't have this match because you're just going to have Kyle O'Reilly lose. Like He's not going anywhere. So I think next week's NXT is going to say a lot about where we're going with this. Uh, clearly, the next week or two weeks will be very, very important for Triple H and WWE in general as they frantically try to negotiate him a contract that will get him to stay longer. I got to give him praise though real quick. He's been, from what I've read, he's been very easy to work with. He willingly brought up to their attention that, hey, you know, my contract's running out. I would like to help you guys out and stick around till SummerSlam to finish their program with Kyle O'Reilly. And to me, that says a lot about him. It says a lot about his respect for triple h and nxt in general but yeah, yeah i don't I, think this is i don't think this is going to be good it's hard to disagree i think that'd be a definitely a big loss for nxt michael coverton uh, very wisely saying everyone's expendable that's what we saw kind of last week or just in the past couple months with bray wyatt leaving uh, getting released uh just a couple of uh, waves of releases then rick flair getting released all these things um everyone's expendable they don't and it's all about the money in that sense and you know it in some ways you kind of wonder uh, if they would kind of, you know, fork over the money to give Adam Cole main roster, you know, main roster pay uh, with that being the cl fair, seemingly clear narrative in that sense. They so, can certainly afford it. And I honestly right. think, I think a lot of people are willing to sign with AEW for a much lesser rate because of the stories they've been told or the cr more creative they're getting. I, I think people are willing to sign for less on AEW. To, to give it a chance in a way, but at the same time, like, 
we're hearing a lot of stories about people in WWE. They're, they're just, they're starting to get fed up. And obviously, like we've talked about time and time again, AEW can't get everybody. And they've said quite times before, we're not just going to let anybody walk into our door. But it seems like they have been doing that the past couple, the past couple months. Uh, so we'll see if they can finally get a win and in, in their in their tally. Uh, but I heard, you know, just I don't want to say heard as a news, but speculation that uh, Vince has a plan that he's letting AEW sign all these guys, where then he's hoping that the AEW talent gets upset that they're getting on the back burner, to which then he goes in and steals them to bring to him. It's kind of like a, a, a draft where we're going to you and you're going to come to me. <laughs> I don't necessarily yeah. see that happening, but yeah. yeah. I mean, to me, I think it may have been Cody Rhodes, given every single you're talking about this, you know, this, the free agents and, and, you know, signing everybody. And ironically, you, you kind of see something like this in, in sports, right? You see like super teams, you know, teams yes. signing, big, you know, several big players at once. And like, you're not going to pass on someone necessarily you know that some big impact players you know some big star uh just because you got another one or another two another three like if you can if you have the the means if you have something uh i'll say in this case the means and the use for them um you're you're gonna at least try and that that's what they've seemingly been doing alistair black andrade malachi black now andrade uh, potentially, you know, of course, maybe Sam Punk, other names. Now, uh, if Adam Cole leaves, I'm sure they'd be happy to have him. Daniel but, Bryan. People right? have I already mean, sort of throw around Ric Flair's name. I mean, at yeah. this point, anybody that WWE releases, uh, AEW, I mean, and because they're releasing talent that is not necessarily bad talent, they just weren't used creatively the right way. Bray Wyatt, for example, uh, there is a chance that he could also go to AEW, and I, I, I've talked about this time and time again. I personally think there's still a double standard where we're still in that period of time where it's like AEW can do nothing wrong creatively, but WWE, it's like anything they do is just horrible. Uh, and that's just, I, I, I don't know if some people agree or don't agree. It's whatever. Everybody has their own opinion. I just think that if AEW were doing specific stories that WWE are, is doing at the same time, that people might have a different reaction and vice versa. So you never know. Uh, and we talked about this last night, how people at Raw, SmackDown are chanting, you know, CM Punk or AEW or whatever. But you never hear anybody at AEW chanting for WWE or Roman Reigns or something like that. So I still think there's a double standard. I think there's there's some, a lot of truth to that. You had mentioned, you said that last night and we talked about it a little bit. Uh, to me, I think that just kind of speaks to um, goodwill or or faith slash confidence right or you know trust i was talking about earlier even with nxt versus the main roster brands there's kind of i would say at least for me as a viewer sometimes you know the more um maybe willingness to kind of you know give give something a chance or or go along with something or kind of see that see how something plays out rather than kind of saying oh i don't like this right away no i, I do that anyway right i was not a big fan of hit row right away there are any number of things but for aw yeah you don't usually get fans hijacking the show or whatever it might be um but it's it is a different energy in a sense you know and and uh, granted it's you know roughly what a little over two years in now but it's aw is still kind of that, that new kid on the block in some ways in the sense that they don't have these years and years of fans being frustrated and and that kind of you know being uh i'll say kind of uh manifested i i guess at 
you know, at the live shows now. We didn't really get that get that as much in the Thunderdome and whatnot. But now that live fans are back, you know, that's the thing. And of course, social media a big factor as well. So, you know, I know plenty of people criticize AEW, but it does feel like there is a discrepancy there. So, thankfully, we have NXT. You know, more often than not, other than when we, when you get Zoe Stark and Yushirai at a at a, a Japanese restaurant, it's a show that tends to be much more. Um, digestible and enjoyable than some of the stuff you see, uh, at least on Raw sometimes. And I, I hate to keep making that comparison, but boy, it was rough this week, but I enjoyed this show, uh, and that's why I would give it I don't say like a solid seven. John, what do you think? What, what do you think of this show? Uh, tonight, we're going to go uh, with a seven as well. I'm going to give it a seven as well. And that might uh, be a little that might be a little low for me. I didn't want to overreact and give it a really high score just because Raw yesterday I was so down on. Um, so I think seven's fair. You were gonna you're gonna say something? I was gonna say that I think that the way that they've kind of developed uh, these stories on NXT, it's 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 at a good pace. Uh, for for a show that was pre-taped and aired on sci-fi, it was trending top five tonight on Twitter. It was number five for a while. Uh, I, very interestingly enough, uh, with just the ratings and everything, I had pointed out last week that uh, I think they had 520,000 viewers. And the first week that AEW had to move to a different time slot and channel, they had 528,000 viewers. So they were both very, very similar when moving to a new time. But uh, AEW drastically suffered on the second week of being on a different time and different channel. When they went down to the low 400,000s or upper 300,000s around there. Interesting to see if NXT does something similar or if they can hold steady at the at the mid 500,000 range uh, heading into next week. Uh, I thought it was uh, a very good show, though. Besides that, and I'm excited to see how they continue next week. We have a, a pretty good show in store next week, back to being live again. Uh, it, it was nice. I bet you the superstars were happy. They kind of got two weeks off for the most part. Cross didn't, Indy didn't, uh, and some others that worked dark matches didn't as right. well, but it, it was good though. Yeah, and we're getting a good amount of uh, feedback about it here. Ness Chris give you an 8.5 for index. Yes, I'll say a 7 for the show. I'll give an 8.5, maybe even a, a 9 for index alone. Did you guys say it was 7? Tony Konami Karama, 7.5 out of 10. Uh, Kevin Taylor, the 7.1. Herman DeCarri bringing a 4 because it was taped. I mean, I, I'm it being taped and hamper my enjoyment only because I just totally forgot about the spoilers that I got out last uh, last week. Uh, Nando giving it a healthy 7.1. DJ Cassidy giving a nine, so definitely some good numbers here. Again, I think I said it last week as well. We, we and I both did that. Uh, it was all, it was on Sci-Fi. I think last week we were looking forward and saying it was probably going to be a good show. The numbers probably won't back it up. I think that's very much the case. It's still on Sci-Fi, still a good show. Numbers probably won't back it up next week. Hopefully, back in NXT, I think it will be a good show again. And you know, I think they are going to they in some ways kind of tried to kind of load up the card a little bit. So. No, I, or not load up totally. I, they, had, they had announced very, at least briefly, that uh, Kushida would, would be giving Roderick Strong a Cruiserweight title match. And I kind of thought they were doing that next week, but it was just merely the him saying that he'll give him title shot, but I didn't say when, possibly, probably a takeover. Um, but had they kind of put that on next week's show, then I would say, okay, they're really trying to kind of maybe pop that rating a little bit. But being back on the USA Network, I think there, you know, that will be uh, you know a, a, an increase next week. So, um you know, again, it's got to trust the work and, and put, keep putting on a good show. I think NXT kind of routinely does that. And hopefully at some point that, that work will pay off. 
In the meantime, John, you and I will be back here next Tuesday to talk about NXT when it's back on USA Network. Otherwise, we are here on Monday talking about Monday Night Raw. Uh, the Diamond Dudes attitude to cover all things AEW. Uh, they also do WCW rewritten for some fantasy, fun fantasy booking stuff. We've got a great stream of interviews coming at you guys. Bill Pritchard recently interviewed uh, Matt Cardona, the new, the new GCW champion. He's interviewed Mickey James about NWA and Power. Uh, a, a huge, great stream of interviews, all, always available, whether it's uh, SoundCloud, Spotify, YouTube, Apple Podcasts, whatever it may be. We've got you covered. Sleep, like, and subscribe. And remember, no matter what, no matter what's happening in the world uh, of wrestling or outside of it, we try to do one thing and one thing above all others. And John, can you tell me what that is? Enjoy wrestling. Indeed. Thanks for listening, everybody. <laughs>